of Jen in Her Jammies with me, Marvin Schneider, and the magical Jen Ward. Hello, Jen. Hi, Marvin. How are you? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> and I I always love it when Albert is in that angle and that position because it's quite intimidating. Well, he had a hard time. He sat in with my sessions one day Yeah. and it was really rough on him. I, I forget that, you know, the you gotta like be gentle with the psyche of those around you and he wasn't prepared for that so he was spending time with the gunter and darshi and little jen and so he needed this he needed to be with people yeah so he you was can... decompressing <laughs> after a session yeah you can see he's a little bit wiser than he was a couple days ago the poor dude is like wow <laughs> this is what humans go through He's like, oh, gee, you guys better do some more Jen and her jammies because people need this stuff. <laughs> yeah, Albert's probably sitting there going, sucks to be human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He probably chose an adamant life just to, like, stay away from the whole thing we go through. Yeah, the whole shtick. Marvin, I need an intervention. Uh, what's the intervention? Uh-oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that? It's Guppy, damn it. <laughs> It's it's what? You you don't know Gumby? Nope. Oh my gosh, the Australian people are missing so much culture. This is Clearly. Gumby. <laughs> this is Gumby. Gumby, you okay. don't know about Gumby and Pokey? Excuse <laughs> <laughs> me. Uh, come on, Pokey. tell me the story. Okay, the the they were from childhood. They were like in this. There was this Christian. Um, children's thing and they were the the characters gumby and pokey <laughs> and pokey has his sidekick donkey oh uh, sure <laughs> of course he does i don't have a pokey to show you <laughs> so so uh, i go ahead so do you know um what's his name oh oh he um he was on saturday night live a very Talented African American. Forty-eight hours. Sorry. Oh, I know. You don't have all the American. Everyone's screaming at you. Who it is? Well, anyways, he did a character on Saturday Night Live. It was very popular. It actually brought the series back. It was like he did this big green Gumby, and he was like, he was a real jerk. And he goes, "I'm Gumby, damn it." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, so that's why I said, well. Like, I I was going to give this to Seema, but I don't think it's going to reach her and stuff because I don't think, yeah, I don't think Seema's new mommy wants her to see yeah. me and stuff. So, so it tortures me. So we're, we have Gumby here and I don't know, they match. So I don't know. And since you don't know the whole Gumby thing, maybe it's a huge thing for you to experience Gumby and Pokey. Of course it is. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> You're missing out on so much culture. I know. And, and to be fair, I know I'm missing out on a lot of Australian culture as well. Um, I know. It's going to torture you. I know. And then when we watch, I think the funny part is when we watched that um, Australian movie the other night, like a week yep. ago, 
I couldn't I couldn't understand it because it had no subtitles. <laughs> well, look, to be fair, the the movie was a mid-1980s movie and it was definitely shot in very strong Australian vernacular, let's just put it that way, because it was meant to showcase that era. Well, you know, the turn of the century era and the mountain cattlemen. Mm-hmm. So, and yes. You don't have, you have that in your vernacular, but it's not like, hey, mate, and it's not like in your face to me, like. Right. Right. Well, um, well, a bit of fun fact. So I spent um, a number of years in England, in the UK, and a little bit of time in uh, America on the East Coast. And so the thing is, when I was in England, everyone thought I was American, right, through my accent. And then when I was in America, everyone thought I was English, but no one picked up that I was Aussie. (laughs) So I think I don't have a instantly recognizable Aussie accent, but hey, comment below if you disagree. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to read those comments. Don't don't, don't point like that. It doesn't look like it doesn't comment point out like that below oh okay well generally the comments are below so anyway. oh oh below the okay i just got a dirty mind see i ah. i have to deal with the um the visual the imagery of all of your clients yeah all of the psyche of everybody so that's right. why it's yeah so, so uh, before we get into the topic i you know we're continuing to edit the second edition of the sft lexicon you say we, and, like I'm doing like 1% and you're doing like 99 point exponential percent. Yeah, and then there's also Dennis is helping yeah, as well. Yeah. So um, now the thing that I've realized in, you know, concentrating and focusing on the book, originally I thought it was just kind of like a, a bit of a reference manual that sits on your coffee table and you sort of open it up to the page on the issue that you're experiencing in in the moment and, you know, do the taps and whatever. But the more I get into it, the more I actually think that this book is going to be really good for people to go through from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not just, hey, I've got this ailment, you know, what taps can I use? Because I think there's some, excuse me for, my nose is really itchy for some reason. Um, the more I think about it, the human condition is, you know, steeped in, um, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of lifetimes, if not more, uh, of experiences. And not all of them are beer and Skittles, right? (laughs) (laughs) Of course not. And the funny thing is you get to see pretty much all of the human experience when you're doing your private session. So I'm just amazed that you have any moniker of sanity at all. To Thank be honest. You. <laughs> so um, just a little bit, right? And then, <laughs> but my point is that there are some marathon tapping sessions that you put in there that really get across, you know, the whole gamut of human experience. And I actually think this is a really good coffee table reference or book. And of course it is a reference book, right? So, you know, when you're when you're down and out, troubled, have ailments, you know, whatever, of course you can, um, you know, flick to the relevant page and do those taps. But I actually, the more I look at it, the more I think that this is really useful for people to go from beginning to end. Thank you. And that's, 
that's a huge compliment coming from you because all I heard for a while was, I can't read your books. You're like, <laughs> you like well, write like a. Well, I mean, but it's part of your history with Madame Blavatsky. I think your writing styles are very similar. And I think we spoke about this on the last episode of Jen and Ajami's as well, just sort of reflecting on that a little bit. There's also this another um, beautiful um, benefit of the SFT lexicon book. This okay. is like amazing. So there's people out there who are the listeners, right? They they listen to everyone because they want to help the caretakers, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't have a they don't they can't stop. And what they don't realize is people, professional, professional takers are out there and they target those of us who like give yeah. and they they know I went to a um, I went to an AA meeting, right? It was like hundreds of people. Mm -hmm. And this woman started telling a story and like everybody's like that and I was horrified. She zoned right in on me and she she saw that she had fresh meat. She dumped all this crap right into my soul. And it was like, I could right. not stop hyperventilating crying. Oh, okay, good. Well, were you able to get your shields up? No, because I, I didn't understand it. No, okay. I was, nope, I was still in um, research mode. So right. yeah, I was, a, I was just a poor bastard at the mercy of, you know, all, all these things. Wow. Um, no offense to people who Anyways, yeah. I, yeah. Um, I was out today, so I think I might have picked on up from like society. I was out shopping a little bit, so I got around other people, and I think I might pick up. You know how I do? I pick up stuff around me. So if I, I'm off color, I think that might be wise. Uh, okay, because you often describe psychic streams of energy. So it's like you know the wind; the energy just passes through, and maybe you experience that when you. You know when you're in crowds oh. and maybe that's why you you prefer some degree of solitude not not complete solitude. it's not like you're a monk or a nun or anything but um, well I, I used to think i was like a monk but um yeah but not in the self-deprecating way but it just turns no. out like like i was driving with my friend michelle hi michelle and um she says can i just share this song with you that i really love and it's like okay i'm in a good mood we yesterday was the day from hell you know mm. Willie got outside and you know mm. we rehoming the last of my two cats and like all mm. everything hit the fan this big universal fan everything was hitting it and so I just was in a good place and I was like I even have to like check let's see will this open up my psychic body too much will I go into an emotional place I had mm -hmm. just dropped Willie off at his new home Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, that's going to like, and so, so I, we visited Willie at his new home and like Tilly was there and, mm -hmm. and then I'm there for a while and that's fine. But then I start going into like their experience of, see, I can't, mm. of their experience thinking that they've lost their home. And so I have to get it. I have to get in and out. So I can't listen to a song if it's going to open me up emotionally because you mm. see sometimes I can't get back out right away because no. the suffering is so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. I've definitely seen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you can laugh at my face. <laughs> well, look, I, not in a nasty way. I mean, oh, of course um, not. The, thing, the thing is that at one level, 
the things that you are experiencing are so intense but another level so ridiculous and it's almost like the only thing you can do is laugh at it because what else are you going to do right and And it's like so so the thing is when you laugh it it breaks it up it's not like you're laughing at me it's like not laughing at you no right and i know the difference and it's like how do you tell the difference well when you've been laughed at your whole life you can tell the difference (laughs) okay (laughs) well so i'm what I'm doing is I'm laughing at the situation because it's just absurd. It's preposterous. Um, and, and it's so funny when you laugh at, with me when, when I'm doing that, there's actually compassion in your laughing. It's yeah. almost like that's your way of dealing with, God, I can't go there with your girl, but, you know, I feel you. And it's like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So th- I, I want to get back to the thing about the book, but but we're going off of this. So. Here's my kind of joke. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Here's my joke. It's it's a it's a joke, but it's not. So so I'm trying to figure out how to explain to people the difference between the fifth dimension, like we're in the fifth dimension now, mm-hmm. and and the third dimension. Mm-hmm. So here's the joke that adepts gave me to tell people. This is mm-hmm. the on the adepts. I don't know who's coloring my my psyche right. So the two ways that you can there's other ways but the two ways is like there there is laughter in the fifth dimension but it's never at someone else's expense it's never right. to belittle someone else and the other way that the fifth dimension is different is that women can fart in front of men <laughs> like like in the third dimension only men are allowed to fart in front of women and then women can't fart in front of men right <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks for that. So there's something for goddess to look forward to. Well, that imagery is going to stay with me for a few hours now. Thank you. You love bathroom humor. That's your secret. Yeah. Oh. I think you said it was an Australian thing, right? Not sure. I don't think it is. I think it's universal. But anyway, you know, when, when, when I was growing up, I don't know, all the little boys in you know, little primary school, right? Oh, don't, don't tell the, don't tell the biscuit story. No, (laughs) (laughs) no, but so the thing is that all the little boys would tell, you know, bathroom humor jokes. It it was just so funny to them. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we just don't get to grow up much. (laughs) Okay. Come on, Jen, back on the topic. So, so about the SFT book, another way you can use it is if you, yeah. you're one of those people who have people. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Albert, pull it back into center. <laughs> Albert's carrying the, carrying the podcast. He's the only serious one here. <laughs> He's got Gumby, damn it. Okay, so... <laughs> Come on, okay. get on with it. <laughs> okay, we gotta go more. We can't go more than two days without recording because this is what happens. <laughs> we go okay. batshit crazy <laughs> <laughs> on, on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. So people are releasing. Do you feel like even though they're not hearing us yet, they're in the future, they're releasing now because I just definitely released someone's smoker cough. 
And it's oh, like wow. this. Yeah. Mm, didn't you hear that riff? Because... Yeah, I did. That's what I was about to. <laughs> <laughs> Get it out. Better out than in. <laughs> <laughs> that that look that was a Shrek expression, just so you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So so if you have the SFT book and you got these people who say <laughs> uh, What? So the SFT book, yeah. <laughs> You're disturbing my gumby. <laughs> Okay. okay. I don't know. Let me cry with laughter. Into it. it when, when people come on, it, it's going to fall flat now. This whole spiritual technique um, is like people come to you and like they want your help and stuff. You, yep. you give them the tasks to do mm-hmm. and help them with the tasks. And then if they keep coming to you and you, and you say, well, did you do the tasks? And they say, no. This is good for the SFT, the energetic cleanse and the the um, protocols on my page. If you give them the protocols, you say, yeah. did you do what I said? Did you do that exercise? And they say, yeah. nope, I didn't do it. Then it's like, then they don't want help. Yeah. They just want to use you. And this can be your gauge to know who to help. And Good. so what you're doing is educating all of the collective to help yeah. themselves instead of like to pull down those yeah. shining. Yeah. Um, and um, last comment on... <laughs> edition two of the book is um, <laughs> we got the nudge to, well, I, I had a dream about um, editing and putting together a second edition of the book. And of course it's based on the original material, but it's fundamentally refreshed. Um, mm-hmm. It will be a very different book. Um, okay. So um, we got the nudge to do it as we we're preparing for and planning for the SFT facilitators workshop because I was going through the book and I was going, man, this needs to be refreshed. Now, the downside is that we're not going to have it finished, the editing process finished in time for that SFT workshop. But um, if we run, you know, following subsequent workshops, uh, it'll definitely be ready. And I think, I think, we haven't talked about this, but I'm, I think we should make it, um, you know, almost a requirement for those that participate in the workshop to have the book and at least be aware of its construct. But of course, the workshop is taking a next level into layers of teaching. Well, what's really exciting about what's really <laughs> exciting about the SFT workshop and what we're doing with the genuine healing is taking it out to teaching. It's yeah. like, like other, I, I don't think this is a small thing. This is a big yeah. deal because it's like seeding yeah. the collective and, and raising consciousness and accountability and everything. Yeah. But, but what we're doing is we're waiting for the people to come to us yeah. Yeah. and then we're basing the teachings or what is, what, how it's constructed, like yeah. for what is that their needs are instead of making it first and then then kind of like, oh no, yep. you got to fit this bill and you got to like, yep. you know, tap into this. So it's, it's a living kind of thing. And so yep. I think so, so are the books that now that you're editing them and they're like getting past all the, you know, whatever, the lack of whatever. Well, the, that I- yeah. 
I think that, I mean, for me, there was resistance in engaging with the book because, no. <laughs> because of, you know, it, it would look the best way I can describe it was the writing style was very sort of Madame Blavatsky ish. And it, it, it was difficult for me to engage with, mm -hmm. but not that the content, you know, the content was brilliant. And so we're just packaging it so that it's available. And um, what's really interesting, I think, and this, I think you and I get tested with working together lots of times and just... Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> You've got a flair for the understatement. <laughs> just get past all this, Mark. <laughs> when, when I first met you, that first night that we, like, did a zoom call because we got tired of bing banging on and it's like you were so serious you were such in task mode and it's like i was just so like you know i don't think people realize how i couldn't talk to men i couldn't you know clients i could talk to but just men as friends not yep. possible and then the um well the energy work became a shtick and yep. so it's like to be able to talk to you is like anyway i forgot yeah. whatever so so to be able to just be myself around you is a huge upgrade for myself and i think it for the <laughs> it is absolutely all right hey wait wait um, wait wait i had oh. another thought did i oh. did i finish my thought yes i think you did <laughs> all right come on come on albert let's let's keep this thing rolling I will make okay sure keep marvin honest Mark. Yeah. keep me honest right I so know. the topic no. of you have the utmost integrity. I told someone on the YouTube page that you hold Did the you? vibration of integrity and you see that into the collective of business. And that's part of what you offer business. So it is. Okay. So <laughs> please, please, please to... don't get over, don't overwhelmed and uh, by my gush and please just <laughs> <laughs> come on, Albert, we're going to, we, we need to move this episode forward. All right. So the spiritual topic of today's episode is creativity and imagination. And I love this one. And so I'm going to hand it over to you to provide your vantage point on creativity and imagination. And then I'm going to add a little bit towards the end on why it's so important in business. So over to you, Jen. Okay. Well, um, okay. Now the pressure's on now, but I was just going to start with, I was just watching my first zombie movie and 30 years and stuff yeah. and it was like it was such a disappointment because it was a good movie in general but mm -hmm. it was like the the um subject matter is so dark and so foreboding it's yeah. like you're taking you're taking people where you're going in your mind you're taking them to the darkest recesses and yeah. it was like the premise was like babies the upgrade was babies eating themselves out of the womb and then they mm. hit a little bit of Please. <laughs> I don't want to ruin the ending for you, but I'm not uh, going to watch it. <laughs> but why did I have to watch it? So I don't know. it's because, okay, I'll ask you a question. I know I'm jumping around, but this is the first time I've ever done that. So you'll be, <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> You're just so, a linear, linear <laughs> presenter. Go. Um, what, um, what do you think in in a short answer because we're running out of time mm -hmm. what do you think is the purpose of art 
Um, okay. I've never been asked that question, but I'm, I'm going to, my instinct is to say as an outpouring for the artist. Yeah, that would be good. But, but it's supposed to be like a synopsis. Like if the whole of the collective was a brain, information jumps from one part of the sphere to another part. And so the purpose of the creativity is to inspire creativity in all those that see it. So, so anybody can dumb it down with like zombies and stuff and, and whatever and take it to the lowest common denominator. But yep. someone like, you know who James Cameron is, right? Yes, I do. Someone like a James Cameron who, mm -hmm. who creates these imaginations and creates these worlds or even like... Um, the woman who did Harry Potter, what's her name? Uh, J.K. Rowling, the author. J.K. Rowling, you, using their imagination to expound consciousness. Yeah. So, and that's the whole point of creativity and imagination yep. is, is for, um, it actually expands time and space. Because think about it, if everybody in the collective is just thinking about zombies and lowest common denominators, it yeah. just closes everything down. But yeah. if they're pushing the envelope and thinking of things that, that have never, ever manifested, like world peace, like mass healing, like SFT tapping, and then they inspire other people, it's, 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 it just expounds everything. Yeah. Okay, so that's an interesting idea. So if the universe, <clears throat> let's just think about the universe for the moment as a living organism. And it is. You might... <laughs> That's so funny because I was just about to say, you're probably going to say it is. <laughs> so, you know, my, my first degree um, was engineering and in engineering, we have to analyze uh, complex structures, right? So we've got this sort of complex structure and, and our professor would always say, you know, imagine, no, consider a spherical chicken because we can analyze, you know, the mechanics of a sphere, right? Chickens are very complex, you know. So imagine a spherical, you know, consider a spherical chicken. So imagine that the world, uh, the universe is a living organism. Then what does the universe want, right? What gives it joy and pleasure? And um, let me just throw this out there, see if you agree. Um, what gives the universe joy and pleasure is new experience. And so creativity and imagine, well, you use imagination in order to create. So creativity is fundamentally a process to create and to be creative means that it needs to be new and if it's new and it's beneficial and uplifting then the universe will be pleased as that so, as a that's really interesting and then in my mind i'm asking as like like what about negative creations those are no okay. experiences but right. the vibration of um those experiences are like lower vibratory so they're not expounded they're not stretching out to like expand and so part yeah. of what universe enjoys is like any person loves to perpetuate themselves yeah right or to like outflow or to nurture or whatever and the yeah. way it does it is through uplifting things and not i mean yeah. it doesn't have to be like um sunshine and daisies but it has to be whether well, it has to be growth, understanding, and a shift in consciousness, something like that. Yeah. Good. So then the obvious question is, how can people 
readily tap into direct knowingness, imagination, creativity, on demand. Because some people seem to be in the moment. So artists and, you know, others, Steve Jobs, presumably, um, you know, and many others are um, in, they seem to be perpetually in the moment. And there's this outpouring of creativity, imagination, visualization, authors, for example. So how can, how can the mainstream tap into imagination, direct knowingness, creativity, on demand? It's really easy. Yeah. Suspend all judgment. Good. That's so, a good one. So when you, um, like, you know my Santa Claus story. It's going to be tiring if you always know my stories. Like when I went to see Santa Claus when I was 11, uh -huh. I didn't, I knew that that man wasn't Santa Claus because yep. in the mall, but I didn't, I didn't call him out <laughs> on it because it, just in case he thought he was Santa Claus, <laughs> I didn't want to like ruin it for him. Okay. So you're but, so considerate. <laughs> um, and so, so when people tell you, when people tell you something that's important to them, yeah. And for some reason, I've always had this innate possibility, not that anyone would talk to me, but when they did, maybe it was a lack of self-esteem, but I would never say, this is what people say to them. I don't want you to get hurt. If you go that route, you're going to get hurt. I'm just saving you the trouble. And they're hurting them right there. I hate yeah. that. Oh, yeah. you're in love with someone that you shouldn't be. That's not, you know, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to like set you up for this. You just crush them. If yep. someone has a dream, they share something. If someone tells you they're Abraham Lincoln, yeah. that's great. That's great. Sure. So what? In the linear, maybe there's one Abraham Lincoln. Maybe in the other realms, there's like a thousand Abraham Lincolns. Yeah. Okay. So um, first bit of advice is suspend judgment. How else can they tap into direct knowingness and creativity? Um, oh, can I just tell you a really funny story? Really sure. It's so funny. So someone got really mad at me because I said I was the reincarnation of Madame Blavatsky. And they, yeah. they were really nasty. And they go, you, you are such a lion biatch. You don't know what you're talking about. They sent me pictures of their girlfriend. She's Madame Blavatsky. Look at the look. And then they sent me a picture of her with this guy that Madame Blavatsky used to be with. And yeah. I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't see anything. And so he goes, see, see, she's Madame Blavatsky. And I go, why are you so angry? That's great. I'm happy for her. That's great. She can be Blavatsky. <laughs> That's great. And so that was all it took is like, mm -hmm. why are you mad at me? Yep. So, so, so that's like one of the things is you got to get over the peeing contest. Everyone thinks that that's a competition. Mm -hmm. So another thing is suspend comparisons. And you know, you know, I hate that. Like it, you could, you could compare me to the Dalai Lama and I still get offended. Well, what has he done lately or something? But no, not like that, but it's like, because we're all starbursts, we're not stick figures. So when yeah. you compare someone, you're like, you're like flattening their yeah. cadence. Mm -hmm. So don't compare anyone to anyone else. Mm -hmm. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. Ooh, challenge everything you know is truth. Mm -hmm. Every like everyone in history that they say is evil or mm -hmm. or um, did something bad. Excuse me. Challenge 
what truth is for you and ask for your higher purpose. If you yeah. ask the universe a question, you'll get your answer, right? So, so this sounds so silly. I was, I, <laughs> I wanted to know why there were so many cobwebs in my house besides the fact that I don't dust up there. <laughs> But I don't, but I don't see any spiders, right? Why? Who's making these cobwebs? I don't see the spiders. By the way, the spiders in the house are waiting. They're they're, they're creating this group consciousness, and they want me out. They can say, as soon as you leave, we're just going to take over. But they're just in, on the other side of the rafters, just waiting for me to leave. Right. Well, anyways, so I asked, why don't I see any spiders? And then I was watching TV in the dark, and comes dripping down from the sky was this little spider and he was see-through <laughs> he was see-through i couldn't be afraid of him even though he was dropping down my bed because he was so cute and he was an answer a little <laughs> answer from the universe how cool that's pretty cool um my turn to talk all right just um i just wanted to give you a chance i mean is there anything else you'd like to say on creativity Mm -mm. <laughs> wow all right so um all right i think that those that follow the series um sorry the episodes jen and ajami series uh know that my shtick is nothing less than transforming the global business and investment community for the benefit of all of humanity so just a small small thing small task to do okay so one of the fundamental things in that transformation process is to help all businesses tap into creativity um, because creativity is the source of all beneficial wealth creation. Right? And that's what we're about. We want, to, we want companies to create wealth. We want them to do it in a beneficial way. And one of the best ways to do that is to create products and services that are innately beneficial to the consumer. So, um, so creativity and innovation is absolutely at the center of everything that we do. So when we're working with clients, large companies, amongst many things that we do, one of the fundamental things that we do is to help groups and teams, you know, institutionalize and harness their innate ability to create because that's what it's about. Now, Jen, in, in, in the work that you do, you have a really important role in that is to help people from an energy perspective to tap into their innate ability to create on demand. And so that's part of the synergy of our work together. And that's part of why we are working together now for what, a little bit more than nine months, thereabouts. And uh, one of the things that my colleague and I learned many years ago when we were starting to work in this field is that one of the killers of creativity is um, cynicism. And so when you've got teams that are creating stuff and you've got a boss or so a CEO or a, you know, um, you know, head of a department or something like that, the, a simple, the simple act of rolling up your eyes at the suggestion of something to be created is enough to kill it. And then the other uh, practical, uh, experience that we have is that you need to believe in the product before it manifests so you need to put your energy and intention into it so there's some practical things as it relates to the business community so that's that's really important but i've seen with businessmen you have to teach them to actually 
mean it. So what I've dealt with when I deal with businessmen and they don't like what I do, they <laughs> use that technique as like, okay, and they'll pretend that they are giving me space to, to, mm -hmm. but they're not. They're but just you don't show them easy. any quarters, do you? When what you're having you private, well, um, you pin them down. You don't let them roll over you. Once I caught what they were doing, but at sure. first, when I figured this out, it's like, okay, I go, you're saying, okay, you're saying agreeing, but you're using that as a technique to keep me back and yep. you're not agreeing. So how do you do that in business when they're, they're saying the nice, the right things, but they're not, you know, they're not feeling it. Well, I don't know. We're going to have to work that bit out, but at the end of the day, um, the rubber hits the road when, when a company puts resources behind a new product or service. So they need to put people, money, systems, processes, intention. And when they don't, then at the end of the day, it's, it's all academic. So and, and sorry, can I just add one more thing just before I run off this topic? And that is, um, are you when, implying that I ran off the topic of the beginning? <laughs> not at all. Okay. Um, one of the characteristics of companies that create wealth in ways that enhance the well-being of the individual wider community and the environment one of the characteristics of those companies is uh, courage and boldness and what that means is that they need to have so they being the company which of course a company is just an, you know a, a agglomeration of people right but, so when I say they, I mean the company, but more specifically the leaders of the company, which are pre predominantly the people that we're working with. Okay. Um, they need to be able to um, invest in and fund new endeavor because that's what it's about. That's what it's about. So if all you're doing is, you know, manufacturing the same old tired products, Basically, what's going to happen is that they're going to get old, stale, and, and get outcompeted. And so, that's ahead. why creativity is so important. Absolutely. And so, that's why society gets subjugated because instead of companies, so so this is a common practice. I'm told. I don't know, but where they catch and release, where they take genius ideas and then they like kill them so that their yes. their stale old product is the only one. And so, there's subjugating all of society to not allow those geniuses to come through yep. and to expand. There's, there's definitely that out there. I don't know how prevalent it is, but it's definitely out there. But the really interesting thing is that the really successful companies are the ones that create skunk works within their own organization to kill the old product and create new product. What is skunk works? Can you? Ah, uh, look, it, uh, people in business will know what it means. It, it's basically a team of people whose job it is, is to make the existing products redundant in their own company. I don't understand that. Th that's okay. It's no, basically, sure. Basically, it's the company innovating to make their existing products and services outdated, make them redundant. And that's how they keep themselves fresh. And so really successful companies are able to do that. I, I can't follow the logic of that. Okay. It's a way of keeping new, fresh and relevant. 
right? Because a lot of companies, they just want to protect their existing products. Are you talking about like they take the same product and they give it another flavor that's just an, no, another? No, it's, it, I mean, you can do that, but the really successful ones are creating the new products of the future today. So it, it's basically taking creativity to the extreme. Okay, so I'm like really frustrated because I can, can't even. <laughs> okay, I can, I can talk off camera on that one a little bit more. Well, then we'll have to do another Jen in the Jammies because we're going to get comments on people who want to know what you said. Um, all right, well, um, but, but that's fine. I'm, I'm just sort of putting the idea out there and just letting it reverberate for now. Okay, so, so what would be the cure to that? I gave you the cure. The oh, cure. it's a good thing? It is a good thing. That's what I said. Really successful companies are able to, in their own company, kill their own products with new products. That's oh, the way okay. Of the now future. I understand. They okay. want to they want to come up with a new product before the competitors do. Absolutely, right? So, you know, why would you um, be beholden to the competitor when you can create the future in your own terms. Um, can, can we talk about another business practice that, um, sure. Well, so these businesses, they like, look, they scan for like new, new, yeah. um, talent. Right. Mm -hmm. And so why do they do this? They scan for the new talent, the best, the brightest and stuff. And then yeah. they spend the rest of that person's career, subjugated them into their yeah. ways instead of letting them go forth and like, yep. Yeah. Yeah, look, so why do they do it? Um, uh, I think ignorance is one. They just don't know how to harness the rogue genius. And we've, I think we've done a podcast on the rogue genius. I know we've done some writing on it recently. Um, so the, the thing is that most organizations, their culture, their systems, their structures, their processes, are not really able to deal with, you know, really creative people in their organization. And so that's part of the work that I think you're going to be doing in the business world is to help them, you know, integrate, you know, genius into the organization. So I think the, I think the short answer to your question is uh, ignorance and just an inability for the system, the bureaucracy of the organization to cope with really creative people. But some organizations are obviously better at it than others. And, you know, so, you can. So what you're saying in energy, Marvin, if I can get this clear, is what you offer humanity is changing <laughs> the algorithms of all of business. So they're not um, constricted by a lack of, yeah. of, you know, choices. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, w what we're doing is we are providing them the capabilities and the tools to set themselves free, create their their own futures, succeed while also benefiting all of humanity. Because quite frankly, that's the only way that companies will succeed in the future. Marvin, because we're in the wait. fifth dimension. I can't wait to get my hands on some of these CEOs and just have them spend time in a room with me for a while. Wouldn't that be so much fun? It'll be so entertaining. Well, look, it'll be both entertaining and very, um, look, it's quite frankly, it's fundamentally important that that happens. But, you know, <laughs> he, he, 
Did you tell them? Tell them what you said. It's like when we do that, we're gonna definitely need a good security team so they don't beat me up. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think the um, I think business leaders will be more challenged in working with you than you know the the mainstream spiritual seeker because they their ego is and their sense of entitlement is so inflated then you know of course what you're going to be doing is pinning them down and um you know helping them release that and so but the only thing is is marvin at that level the emptiness is excruciating i know i know and that's all that's something else as i was editing the book that came that scrimped through is that even the most successful people yes they've got big egos yes they've got a very inflated sense of entitlement but the emptiness within is excruciating and so the underlying issues are no different to everyone else and but you know these are the people that have influence and so it's really important that they get it and that they work with you um anyway that's how important it is so yes if there's anyone out there listening um or, or, um, or even if you can share this with those that are, you know, business, because I deal with business leaders, but they could be leaders of civil society, government, you know, those kinds of things, but, organizations. So the, so it's, it's like, in a way it's quid pro quo. So as much, as much as the shift in the, in the company will yep. help humanity, that's yep. equal to the emptiness. Some of these people yep. at the top feel and that's what relief yep. it's almost like popping this void for them yeah. and like just letting this um gush of understanding and and yeah. importance and relevance yeah. yeah absolutely um so what i was going to just quickly say and then we might <clears throat> wind this episode up is if the listener out there and or if you know someone that is in a position of power either in business or the financial institutions, because there's another thing that we're going to have to tackle, Jen, the financial systems. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong it, with it, money per se. It's just the way that it operates. And we have the antidote so that the financial we, systems can actually benefit humanity. Did we do a um, gender jammies on that yet? Because that's what No, it, it, it's a bit kind of technical. So um, we, look, we uh, might. I just meant the part about it going against spiritual law, the whole banking system and how we're trained. Okay. So we haven't done one of those, but we could do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me, can, can we just wind this one up um, yeah. and say, you know, if the listener is in a position of influence in business, the investment community or civil society, you will do very well to have a session with Jen, encourage others to do that because it is fundamentally important that that happen. And the people who've done so in the past, the people have done it and they have shifted. I've helped 500 companies get out of the, the Fortune um, 500 companies. Yeah. Oh, you see, I don't even know what it is, but I've helped them get out of bankruptcy and, and, and thrive. And I'm still their dirty little secret. It's yeah. like the, it's like leaving a whore a $500 bill on the, the nightstand. It's so yeah. frustrating because it's so frustrating because yeah, I have helped them. So, yeah. All right. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Albert. Thank you, listeners. Please like, share, subscribe, comment. Bye Don't for forget now. Gumby, damn it. Oh, Gumby, damn it. Thank you, Gumby. <laughs> Thank you, Gumby, damn it. <laughs> Thank you, listeners.
Bye for now. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, please.